This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, guys? How's it going? Thank you for joining me so late. It's 12.15. I had a, um, had like a little Halloween thing at a, a family friends and uh, basically watched all the football games over there today and uh, left there like around 1130 and I didn't want to lock a room while I was driving. So just wanted to get back in and get back in first and then kind of just go from there, dude. Oh man. I mean, that's, I mean, that's a, uh, it was a good win. Uh, I'm not going to I mean, it was, um, it was it was very impressive from the standpoint of I like the focus. I think defensively, um, I think defensively, the the DBs uh, are going to need um, are going to need to improve a lot, especially you know once you you go uh, go against an Indiana team in two weeks and I believe Wisconsin in three weeks. Um, you know, guys like Mertz. Like guys like Mertz would have eaten Michigan up today in the secondary, um, and Wisconsin was going to have a much better O line as well. So that's going to be interesting. But for that to be the first game to come out like that, now I I know that there's there's you know no fans, but it was still a road game. It was away from home. The their first time that you know they've really traveled due to the you know, COVID and the pandemic and all that stuff. And to be able to come out like, like that was very um, impressive. And, uh, and one thing that you saw, especially in the first week or two with a lot of these uh, teams, you, you saw it with the, you saw it with the, with the uh, ACC the first week, saw it with the SEC as well. Um, a lot of these teams had a lot of trouble with, uh, turnovers and had a lot of trouble with ball protection and ball security. I mean, you saw today, you know, Michigan State has seven, like six or seven turn, turn, turnovers, four in the first 22 minutes. Um, for the offense to be able to, 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 you know, take care of the ball through the air and on the ground, they did have a couple of situations where they had to get the ball back, but they didn't actually, like, turn it over. Um, that was pretty impressive. Um, let's see discussion. Dax Hill up, updates. I got nothing. I've got nothing. Uh, yeah, Joe looked every bit the part, man. Joe was very. Joe was just. I mean, he just. I haven't seen. Like you know, this is just one game. This is just one game, and I, I hope he you know. I hope he carries this type of focus and demeanor 
all the way through. And it's, you know, just one game. So I'm, I'm trying really hard to not, to not, you know, be too, you know, overblown here. But uh, his demeanor, uh, similar to Rudock, if you re- remember him in that first year, Jake Rudock, very, very chill, you know, never too high. Never too low. Um, just stayed on par. Not not too much. Um, but Rudolph didn't have the talent and the physical and like the physical eliteness to really go with that. And Joe has that, in my opinion. And the way that he carries himself, like you could tell, like he has the locker room behind his back. I can now 100% say that the, the the locker room had the quarterbacks back the last, you know, few years. You can't say that. Not at all. Not at all. And um, his demeanor, like, like this is going to be very fanboyish, but like, it kind of, it kind of gave me kind of gave me chills you know you just don't see that from this is your first game this is your first game starting this is your first game starting and great plays happen this dude isn't pumping his chest pointing at himself woofing and all that extra stuff getting into people's faces dude is chill cool calm and collected and uh, you saw that throughout. Now it's going to be interesting because now, you know, I tweeted this as well. You know, he has more. He got more on tape today than he's had in his entire year at Michigan combined. Um, so now he can finally be really coached and critiqued, and he's just going to get better and better and better and better. Um, but I'm also interested in seeing how teams are going to start adjusting to him. Um, Cause I know that, you know, Joe is going to have some tendencies and he's going to have some habits and teams are going to pick up on those things. You know, after, you know, film for a while, teams are going to really pick up on those things. So I'm really interested to see how him and Gaddis are going to really adjust. Um, let's see. Page are pretty good. He did solid, man. He he did solid. Makari Page, right? Yes, he did solid. Um, I think at times he was uh, he was assigned to Rashad Bateman. <laughs> He's not gonna. He is not gonna face a receiver like that until the last game of the year again, and that is huge for him, and that's huge for his for uh, his all around growth. Completely changes the dynamic, dude. It was um, seeing him like like last year when like when I saw Shay start to scramble, like I just I just feel that he, you know dude was running for his life. Today, when Milton was scrambling, you're waiting for him 
as you know, as you know, you're a fan watching, but at no point did I see him outside of the very first time he left the pocket, and I think he got sacked. Outside of that, when I think it was like it was like third and twenty-three or something, they just got that call on Ben Mason. I think that was the only time he was really antsy in the pocket. But after that, man, whenever he left the pocket, you never felt anxiety. You you never felt that he was being rushed. You felt that he was in control of whatever was happening, whether he chose to run it um, or whether he chose to make a pass off his foot, off balance. Um, and he was very deliberate and he was very efficient with his runs. Not too much lateral. Everything was north and south. And he he got his yards and he didn't really get hit. And that was one thing with McCaffrey. I know guys were like really worried about is, you know, yeah, McCaffrey had wheels, but he would risk his body just to get another two yards. I'm like, look, you are worth more to this team than just two yards. And I think Milton understands that. I think one of those times he could have very well got a first down, but due to the circumstances of the game, you know, he got his eight or nine yards, went out of bounds. Now you're at second and one, you're at second and two. That even if they get stuffed, you're still third and manageable. Gaddis should have hung 60. Um, yeah, they should have. Make some field goals, man. Make some field goals and that fluke thing, man, that fluke of a, a pump block to like start the game and then they score a touchdown right away. Like, I don't know, man. It, it was uh, – I don't know what's up with the, with the uh, special teams, bro. Like, you got Moody and Norton. I feel like they've been going back and forth for, like, 10 years. Them dudes have been there for <laughs> – it feels like they've, they've been competing for a spot for the past three years, man. Norton was hurt. That, that's it. Because, man, 0-3 – Oh three, and these weren't, you know, these weren't crazy field goal attempts. Like these are some that you know he was knocking in with ease last year. Even the extra point attempts, like a couple of them were like, eh, that didn't look right. Drake, yes, the the arm strength is ridiculous. Like it's crazy when you see this dude almost pull back on some of these throws and they're still sailing in the air for like 60 yards. It's crazy, man. It's night and day arm strength with him and McNamara night and day. It's almost like as a receiver, you're so used to, you know, Joe's passes McNamara comes in and it's like, you're catching the change up. It kind of, it kind of throws you off a bit. Harbaugh and Norton. Quinn Norton has been working through something, got healthy, and then kind of had a little bit of a setback during the week. I think he'll be fine going forward. Thanks, Drake. Yeah, a couple of those extra points were knuckleballs, man. 
early prediction on MSU game next week. So Michigan will open lane 14. 14? That's it? <sighs> Michigan should win that game by like the line should be closer to like 27, honestly. The line should be closer to like 27. Like, they can't protect Rocky's blind side, bro. Uh, give me one sec. I'm trying to get uh, one more. What up, man? What's up, man? Hey, how do I accept a... Hey, Lawson, can, can you uh, send that again? Oh, I got it. Never mind. We good. We good. Yo, Lofton, Howard, what's up, you guys? What's up, bro? Man, I'm chilling. The forwards, you guys. I'm just sad about – I hear you talking about Michigan, but I obviously MSU today is not a real football team, and uh, it shows, and I can't believe that actually happened. And I wanted to remind people in the crowd that they can just come up on stage and talk. Without a doubt, man. Hey, hey so, Howard – I hope you were in for our um hope you were in for our um for our post game on Michigan State. I mean Rutgers didn't look that bad. Rutgers didn't yeah. look look that bad, but like you, you can't beat anybody when you know you're out here just holding the ball with like two fingers. Yeah, I mean we're 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 not a real football team. I saw the highlights. I didn't actually watch the game. I saw highlights. I saw analysis. I talked to my guy, Drake Deitch. Apparently, we're the worst football team in college football, and it's not. <laughs> it's just a lack of identity right now. I think you'll you'll eventually get there, but there's a there's a, a disconnect between what Mel Tucker wants to do um, and what the actual team wants to do. and And you can see it through the actual play, man, honestly. I mean, I, th- I think the thing that hurt the most is is he, how many weeks did he really get with the team? I mean, he came in, COVID hit, and they were sent home. So he had zero practice time in the spring. He get, didn't get to introduce himself. He didn't get to introduce his sheems, really. And then you – the Big Ten season was canceled at in August. I mean, they legit said there was going to be no fall season. So then you're like, all right, well, there's going to be no fall season. And now you're trying to scramble and put together a new coaching staff, um, light on recruits, and you're trying to throw that together. And then you have Rutgers, who hasn't won a Big Ten game since 2017. They're smelling blood here. This is their Super Bowl. This is their chance to get at least one win this season because a lot of people predicted them to go 0-8. So this is their one chance to try to, like, shine on the big stage. So it's just kind of a perfect storm of everything going at one. And then seven turnovers, That a lot of that's just unlucky. Seven turnovers. <laughs> I mean, that's just – a lot of that's not um, – that's just unlucky at some point. So when we, it's yeah, tough, But I think they get better in the tw- – Are we – are we – is it basketball season? Are we are we still talking about Michigan State? Yeah, I will say, I will right say like, like, come on now. Michigan Let's stop State doesn't have to wait too long. They can yeah. basketball season next month. Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. Let's get – maybe they'll get ready for the crossover game December 19th. 
I will say I will tell you guys this as a Michigan fan and, and sitting through the first six years of Harbaugh, I did feel good <laughs> to actually see a competent offense on the field. Um, kind of what Ant talked about, about how Joe was running the offense, and you can genuinely see that the team is behind him. Uh, it's crazy to think that Michigan could have basically hung 60. Um, two of those field goals should have never happened. Uh, you had Ronnie Bell trip over his own feet. You had Eric All with a wide-open touchdown and dropped it. So it really probably probably should have hung 60. Uh but it's just good to see, man. I'm excited. I know a lot of people were nervous about the defense, but when you have good offense, uh, it'll it'll mask the defense if you still score points. No, exactly. That that's a great point because Ohio, everyone likes to say like, well, they got to beat Ohio State. Like Ohio State has had games like they lost to Purdue. They got blown out by Purdue. They got blown out by Iowa. Like they've had games over the last like three to five years where they really haven't shown up on defense. But the point is, is when your offense shows up every week, you can kind of get away with it. But I think to your point about the quarterback position, this is the first time with Harbaugh at Michigan where I have confidence in the quarterback running the football. Like with Shea, it kind of felt like it was like scrambling and like there were like designed runs, but I never felt like it was like a true threat to like gain, you know, five to six yards on a given play. And with Milton, you just, you have confidence. It's like that Cam Newton effect where it's like, all right, like this guy, even if nothing's there, you can still maybe create in the three or four yards. So I'm very confident after watching that Hey, and I would I would like your opinion. I know we're we about to play in a rivalry game, and I said 14 just being respectable because it is a rivalry game, but I know you talked about tendencies with Milton. I'm actually interested to see if some of these games don't give him um, confidence. We, will we see Michigan try to test Michigan State deep to try to get him connected with Ronnie Bell, you know, 30, 40 yards down the field? Um, because I think once that – is is good with his game is pretty much unstoppable. I think they will. I mean, like you saw in the Michigan State Rutgers game, Rutgers won the trenches, um, and their offensive line is not anywhere as good as Michigan's. So if you're going to give Milton time in the pocket like that, um, you know you can see some unreal plays next week. But um, you know, not a lot of time. Like you like but you don't want to create bad habits. You know, it's like, you're like, you're uh, uh, playing a team that you're way better than you can kind of put your guard down and you have to understand that you are playing guys who are former, you know, former recruits. And these are division one players. These are big dudes as well. If you, if you go out there slipping, like, you know, you can, you can end up not only letting, you know, you know, tipping your hat to some things, you can also end up getting hurt. So it's just one of those things where when it comes to, to tendencies, you know, you don't want it to be like, okay, every time he goes right, he's going to run it 95% of the time. Every time he goes left, he goes off balance throw across his body or like across the middle. Um, those little tips like that, you, you give those tips and you show film to, you know, someone who's, um, you know, been in the college football system for, you know, two, three plus years, they're going to take that and run with it. And, and that could be the difference between zero interception game or two interceptions and more passes being broken up. 
And I, I wouldn't be surprised if Tucker throws out the film from today's game and just says, like, we're, we're moving on, like, tomorrow. Moving on to what? Yeah, I'm I about just, to like, say, what they like, moving on to? <laughs> no, well, they got Michigan coming up. Like, you, you can't real like, like you mentioned, like, when you turn the ball over seven times, like, it, it really might just be, like, protect the football. It might not be, like, an X's and O's thing for them. I'm a, I, I, I'm going to go ahead, Darnell. I'll no, no, it. no. I was just saying that good luck with that because they couldn't block workers front four. And what I saw out of our front four today, it's going to be a long day at the park for the next. Quiddy Pay was nasty. Quiddy was nasty. Hutch was getting grabbed on every, every single play. down. If, if every like, play. Every play he was getting held. Talk that real, Ant, for sure. Yeah. Darnell, go ahead, man. You was about to drop a point, actually. I think Matt first. Yeah. So th- this is this is uh, honestly going to be really interesting in the Mel Tucker era. Um, you know, D'Antonio came in. He was hired to beat Michigan. I mean, like it would not matter if they went if they went 4 and 8 and they beat Michigan, that was such a big deal to them. And it'll be interesting to see. This is most likely they lost to Rutgers the first week. Their most important game now and the only game that matters for the rest of the season is this Michigan game. They're going to pull up all the stops just to try to beat Michigan because at this point like you you lost to Rutgers. You know you're a really bad team. But if you beat Michigan, you go one and seven. You beat Michigan. I honestly think that they'll view this as a successful season. They got to upset Michigan. They got to kind of hinder what could be a, a good season for Michigan. And um, at this point, the only other team I can see them beating is is Maryland. Maybe Northwestern, but Northwestern looked pretty damn good today. So. I I mean, if this is a D'Antonio team, I'm super scared for this upcoming week. But I am just uncertain with Mel Tucker with how much how much coaching is going to go into Michigan. I just know that a D'Antonio's team would still be scary even if they lost a record. Yeah, I agree, Matt. I mean, that's the one thing about D'Antonio and Narduzzi not being here anymore. But then also. On the flip of that, I mean, it took a monsoon and it took a, a dropped punt. And actually, actually, I shouldn't have said a dropped snap. But in terms of a punter not, like, thinking about what he should be doing in the moment to for Michigan State to actually get any wins on Michigan. Like, Michigan's outplayed Michigan State since Harbaugh's been there outside of one game, uh, and that was because of our – horrible quarterback play in 2017. It's about the Jimmys and the Joes now. Michigan, Michigan State's not recruited very well the last couple of years. They're not recruiting well now. Um, I mean, Harbaugh needs to see this as this is the beginning of a five-year run where we're going to beat them like this year, definitely the next year after that because Joe will be coming back again. And then <laughs> McCarthy will be a quarterback then. Like we are going to be better than in the next three years. And it'll be five in a row, seven of the last eight, like, it's time to just go get it done. Um, tonight was – I was having people, like, texting me over, like, the question. And you and I, I think, of, like, you brought this up, of, like, the culture and the trust of the quarterback. These guys must not have been happy with Shea in the locker room and either Harbaugh and Gaddis had some type of agreement with him because I just can't imagine that Joe was that much worse 
than Shea. And that doesn't mean that Shea wasn't great. I mean, it wasn't wasn't good. He was a fine quarterback, but you need elite quarterback play if we're going to beat Ohio State. And then, like, Joe could get there. Like, Joe has that potential to get there. That skinny post to Ronnie Bell today over the linebacker in front of the safety, we haven't seen a throw like that since Henny. Like, seriously, it was incredible. Yeah, you, that's what I that's, that's what I was saying. It was crazy tonight. That was that was that was crazy looking. We're still gonna clap. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Jawan's about to win two of the next three in hoops before oh, Amadi no, gets no, there. No. I'm just letting y'all know that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh man, you gotta go. No, I'm better no, yet. No, is he no. is he Monty going there? Is he gonna go? Let's straight? not. Let's 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 not go. That let's route keep the right main now, thing. Please. The main thing. I can't. I we can't go that route, or else I'm gonna be on here till like th- till like three in the morning. You know, I got like, time. I just put another bet vodka Red Bull together. I'm good. Franz yeah, Wagner's yeah, the, the best. Let's best go, player Big Lofton. Franz I, Wagner's I the best player Amani in the goes. state of Michigan right now. I let's keep it real. Amani goes. He goes to Michigan State. Really? I think he goes there. Yeah, man. Wow. I think he goes I, there. I just thought he might just go to the league, like. Because I, I know that that rule will be over with. They don't meet again until 2025. Oh, okay. So un- unless they put in a provision earlier, which they would not do because NBA players have to sign off on it, do you really want a bunch of one and duns and and athletes straight from high school coming into the draft? That'll be the most loaded draft in years. As a player, you're not voting that in right now. No way. No way. So, like, I am about 60-40 on Amani going to Michigan State. And until that rule is changed, that's where I'm going to be. I don't think he's going to go to go overseas. Why do I – why? Why do I think that? He stayed at home still. Not only did he need to go to prep school, he did go. He is going to go to prep prep school in Ipsy. Not only did he not even want to play with the family in the EYBL, the EY Nike came to him and said, "Hey, you could just have your own team." So he has his own EYBL team. Why does he need to leave the state right now? He's not going to. Every single move that he's made has supported him going to Michigan State for one, maybe even two years if he reclasses up. It's my my bet is still on an agent paying him an absurd amount of money just to just to sign fifty dollars to do what though like I mean like, like the the Baisley route the what route the Darius Baisley route where you just like do an internship you work oh, out for a year you get paid okay money. so okay so so you're saying that he will he will reclass and then mm-hmm. he'll sit out get paid, get his sponsorships, basically work out for one year straight uh-huh. in like a in a very professional setting yep. and then get ready for the NBA draft. I mean that's so what, so from, that's, from an that's agency what, perspective. That's what Drake's doing right now in Kansas. <laughs> just with golf though, yeah. Just with golf. Just getting, getting um, no, I mean just like from an agency perspective, from Clutch's perspective, why would they not do that? Like why would they not give him like like I don't know, like ten to to thirty million dollars to do that, so they can get them on the payroll. True, I would but sleep with, with I everything sleep. that they're doing. 
they're gonna they are gonna go the Rashawn Gary route. They're gonna have their yeah. Own company. That's true. That's true. They're gonna go the Gary route. Look, look at everything that's been happening with him. They go through them. They keep it within the family. Base fundamentals in the family. Yep. Go to hey, you need to go to prep school. Go to IMG Monfort. Nope, I'm gonna go to Ipsy Prep. So he goes to Ipsy Prep. Like yeah. everything that he's done, he's he has kept it in. And I, yeah, and I I'm gonna go watch him and Brownie this agency. in a couple weeks. The what now? I said I'm gonna go to watch him and Brownie in a couple weeks down here in Dallas. I'm dying in Dallas. They playing in Dallas. It should be a good one. Should, yeah, I think it will. It should be. be a good one. I hope it's televised so I so I can talk shit. About I think I think it will be. I think it will be good. So I can dig at them again. Yeah. What a travesty! Great, great. What a travesty, man! How are you gonna let all this talent from the state just out. separate yourself from the organization? Then go play on TV. My good, good. Yeah, I. I mean. It's it's been it's been years upon years now. I mean, what it's been like twenty years, the past twenty years of big stars just are going out of state now just to play prep basketball and play against big teams, play on a big team and be televised. It's huge. I mean, the the recognition you get and like now these college coaches and these NBA scouts get to play get to see you play against real talent. We're basing Amani's talent off playing Chelsea High School, <laughs> right? Like, like I'm sorry, like that. I mean, it was it was smart. It was very smart of his of his family to to do that. Like, yeah, you he has to go play prep. Like, and, and it's not even just that. Like, like Ant said earlier, it's like when you play against bad competition, that's when bad habits start forming. And so you need to keep, like, you need to keep challenging yourself. You need to keep playing harder and harder competition because you're just not going to get better. And you, you can start getting those bad habits that really hinder your progress in the future. In fairness, Amani's played in the EYBL before, and it just sucks that, like, COVID happened this year because it would have been cool to, like, because it's funny, like, his their family created their own team, and they still put them in that. Um, in terms of the tournaments. So, Bronny and him, this will be like their, I think it will be their second time playing officially, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but not not be a high school like Sierra Canyon, but in terms of uh, where, I forget which which AAU team Bronny was on that one time when they played a Monty Bates' squad. So, it'll be fun to watch. But I, I agree with you, Matt, of like, it's, it's too bad, but like, uh, it'll be a good test to be able to evaluate Monty properly, you know, the next couple, uh, this next season for sure is a prep school. Just a little, little claim to fame. Uh, I, I know Aunt, there's that little thread of like, which famous person you went to high school with. Well, I, well, I graduated middle school way before, but Armani went to the same middle school as I did. There you go. Hey, I will say this uh, back to the the football talk though. Um, I I really liked what I saw uh, out of Indiana. We better come to play against Indiana because oh, uh, for sure that's not going to be a gimme game. I mean, no. that is, but I think this year is even like on steroids because that quarterback from Indiana looked pretty good. Yes, it's always I a problem with them. 
It's all yes, I agree. But at the same time, at the end of regulation, Penn State outgained Indiana by about 300 yards. Is this true? So the, this is the, very true. Penn State completely outplayed Indiana. But it was just a couple of those lucky bounces, those lucky breaks that um, – Through the game. Missed that, like, really interceptions. Just, so, like, yes, Indiana won against a top-10 team, and I'm not going to discredit that. Like, that's, that's, that's tough. Penn State's a good team. But at the same time, like, Penn State absolutely dominated both sides of the ball for the most part. I mean, Indiana finished with less than 200 yards of offense, I, if I'm not mistaken. Um, if not, it's barely over 200 yards. So, um, they will be a problem. They always have been, even, even those years they go four and eight, um, five, five and seven. So it's, it's still going to be a tough game, but I, I think, I think there's going to be a little bit of overhype on Indiana. Um, but they do Yeah, man, dudes just got to take care of the rock. And that's what it comes down to. And, um, you know, Penn State outplayed Indiana for sure. But but you have a team that misses field goals and they turn the ball over. That's what closes the gap. You know what I mean? You miss a couple field goals, you turn it over a couple times. That's, that's what, 20 points worth right there? Um. That's why taking care of the ball is so important. Uh, and that's why I was so impressed, especially with, like, Joe and the offense today is, you know, yeah, they did have some fumbles, but they went and recovered them. Um, but, you know, those, you know, some of those things they turn over or even that pass that, you know, Joe made and it got tipped in the air and Giles caught it, you know, that could have been a Minnesota player right there. And then now it's a pick six. Now the game is no longer 18. Now it's back to 11. Now you're looking at a two score game again. Um, and, and, and now you just have more problems than you have doubt, you know, well, the, the, the first kickoff after Indiana scored off the half, we fumbled it and recovered. If they, if Indiana gets that, it's 11 point game right there. And they get it at the 30 yard line. They could score a touchdown right there, and all of a sudden, it's a four-point game. Michigan gets that, marches down the field, and scores to make it an 18-point game. That's a 14-point swing right there. So, I mean, like those little bounces can be such a big factor in games. Um, and and here, we, here we are now. I mean, Michigan won by 25, or 25 points or whatever um, when it could have easily been – a really close game. And at that point, Minnesota has all the momentum and you don't know what happens after. Shout out to the Minnesota fan that gave me 20 points yesterday. So actually Michigan won by 45. <laughs> Yo, that dude's mentions are on fire. Hey, he <laughs> owned it though. Yeah, he owned it. He pinned the tweet. Him. He pinned the tweet and said, he said, I deserve all the, all the crap. I'm he listed our whole depth chart saying that we were replacing all all these positions like i mean i know we're not bam or clemson and we're just retooling yet but like have you looked at the recruiting like we've been out recruiting you for years and then there's people on here who thought pj flex should be the coach instead of james joseph harbaugh i can't wait to clown those people that's ridiculous that's exactly the boat. What I, that was exactly the boat. what i was Throw about the fucking to say. boat 
get the fuck out of here. I'm sorry. Excuse me. That's exactly what I was about to say. I want to ask Ant because he 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 tweeted about it, so I give him credit. But how long before the national pundits come out and say this no longer was a big game and Michigan did what they were supposed to do? Oh, you you always that is in there. I'm staying up for college football finals because I know oh, Julie Joey Galloway is going to be yeah. talking about it. You yeah, know Joey that. Galloway. And Jesse Palmer said, we're going to be four and four at best. I'm like, oh, okay. I got you. Tim Tebow. <laughs> I'm writing down everybody. <laughs> I just. <laughs> I know I know. earlier we had, we had on the topic a little bit about uh, the players like backing Milton. And, and I think that really goes a long way. Um, I mean, Harbaugh was quoted right before the game. Like, the guys, he saw, like, an extra, like, little step in the guys when they were catching passes from Milton. Um, And then, like, after the game, I mean, you had players tweeting, like, yeah, like, we love to see our big dog eat. And it was, like, tweeting at Milton. It's, like, I feel like the players, like, really enjoy the leadership that Milton has and the persona. And I think that goes to show, like, Last year, I feel like their players weren't surrounding Shea. And it's like they weren't backing Shea. I feel like Shea was kind of like if they ate dinner at a place, Shea was the one at a table by himself and everyone else was like having a good time somewhere else. I mean, I'm not sure that happened, but like that kind of was the vibe I felt from that. And this year, I feel like like everyone believes in Milton. Everyone like really loves uh, him as a person, so I feel like that that I feel like that plays a huge part in a football team, and and whether or not like the team can back the yeah, like those dudes. If it feels like like you know they want to do their thing, but you know like they don't want to mess it up for him, and they want him to succeed so badly. Um, what's up, Matt? How's it going, man? Yo, what's going on, guys? I was wondering if we were going to get on and talk about this game on this app. Um, I, I've been listening just for a few minutes, and so I, I have to chime in. I heard you guys talking about quick, like the whole narrative about Harbaugh finally winning a big game. We all know what people mean by Harbaugh winning a big game. It's beating Ohio State. Everyone knows he smoked Wisconsin a couple years, Penn State. He's been fine against Franklin at home. He won this game. It's all about Ohio State. We know that. But, no, uh, talking about what Matt was just talking about with Joe Milton, what I love to see, and it is, I was talking about it with some friends the other day, and it does seem like some players are backing Joe Milton more. I don't know if it's just like they're more connected through this whole COVID situation and, you know, everything that's been going on. Or, you know, you heard the thing about Shea Patterson. He spent more time on the golf course in the in the off season last year than he was like in the film room and in, in Schimbeckler Hall and stuff like that. So I don't know if that stuff comes into play. But I think part of it that comes in with me is Joe Millen's on the field and they're putting guys like Roman Wilson on the field and Blake Corum is getting carries. And I think in whether it's Josh Gaddis or Harbaugh finally seeing put the best players on the field. I don't care if they're fifth year seniors. I don't care if they've got the experience. I don't care if they're true freshmen. If you're the best athlete, put them on the field and do plays. I, I call them like get them to them plays. Do plays that are going to get guys the ball in space. And I don't care if you have to just like run the offense. I don't care if you have to run specialized plays. 
do these little screen passes, get Giles Jackson the ball, get Henning the ball, get Blake Corham the ball. That's what I see. That's what I saw tonight. And it was kind of exciting to see because I was sick of seeing like Harbaugh stick to Shea Patterson when he clearly wasn't the guy. So I, that's kind of what I, I heard Matt talking about it. That's kind of what I was picking up on. It's not just it's not just current players though. If you look up and down Twitter, I know I saw and I saw uh, Richard retweet. Man, it's former players too. Like you see the David Long, yep. you see yep. you see the uh, the Kakoa Crawfords. Like that should tell you something right there. Like it it just doesn't seem like it's current players. It's all of the players, and you know you hear the different rumors about you know Jim making Shea a captain, even though he didn't get voted as a captain. And that type of stuff rubs people the wrong way. So I'm glad they got somebody back there that they believe in. And, they, you know, this is just one week. But after watching these highlights again come across my screen for this Rutgers and Michigan State game, it's about to get ugly next week. It really is, man. And, um, you know, there's going to be – I think next week is going to be a big week. And I think it's going to be a big, big week because we have really like two – two weekends in a row where we're going to get tested big time. And we have to go into Indiana and got to go into Wisconsin um, with, with the right pep in our step, with the right confidence, with, uh, with, you know, you know, all your T's are crossed and all your I's are, you know, uh, dotted, but it's, um, it's going to be very important to come out of next weekend. Um, on a on a on a on a much better on a on a much better foot than you would did leaving the Minnesota game. If you if you come out the same, um, there is no growth. But I do think Michigan State is going to come out um, and punch hard. You know, Lombardi. I mean, he is going to test our DBs, and people are like, you know, he didn't play that well. I'm like. You know what? I mean, he wasn't bad. I mean, he threw the ball 40-some times. He did have 30-some completions, too. Um, and our DBs were definitely probably the weaker point of our defense today. So that could be very well exposed. And he did throw some interceptions, one probably when he was pressing, um, which, you know, it is what it is. And he had the other interception, which was a communication issue, so no really like no really like you know like terrible dangerous throws. So it's um I think they're they're gonna come ready to play. I think they were embarrassed today. And as a competitor, um you either fight or flight. And this isn't a game that you flight. Uh, I think this is a game that they are gonna come out fighting and they're gonna come out swinging hard. Yeah, and um, the one thing that I will like for next week, the biggest thing is like obviously getting the win um, and showing growth. And the, the the next biggest thing is keeping people healthy. Um, I mean, it when things in a rivalry if get out of hand, it doesn't matter who the teams are. That's when thing teams get super chippy. They get frustrated, especially after losing against Rutgers last week. They're going to be super frustrated and start getting chippy, start going for low blocks, start going for later hits, and just trying to get their frustration out. And I just hope 
we that Michigan does not have any like big injuries that come. Yeah, I, Matt. I want. Oh, I'm sorry, Darnell. Go ahead, brother. No, I was gonna piggyback off him and saying that's why I think it's important that they do exactly what Ann Wright just said, man. You you gotta grow. This game should be over by halftime, right? Mm-hmm. One thing that I love that I saw from today was, and I, I talked to my dad about this at halftime. I said, your team is going to come out of half and go finish that team. Like, Michigan last year, last few years, we get up 21, 24, and then we get in conservative mode. And I was happy to see that Gaddis continued to call an aggressive offense. With Michigan State, you got to knock them out, like take their first blow and then knock them out the game so you can get your starters out of the game by halftime or by, you know, mid-third quarter. So you don't have those injuries because you are right. The longer they stay in, the longer it becomes a liability. Yeah, I apologize. I don't want to make sure we, like, harp on Shea. Um, I mean, he is a Michigan quarterback, and Parkhaley Shea never lost to Michigan State, and I always will appreciate that out of him. And uh, I think about that even with DPJ, um, his biggest games, like, he was – he was amazing in Michigan State in both of those games the last two years in 18 and 19. Um, but, Matt, you brought up a good point in, like, talking about our squad from uh, from tonight. Uh, I wrote down two plays, and I wondered about it, and I, I just noticed it. Did you guys see Haskins um, when he was in the Wildcat? And the first thing I thought about was, oh, my God, it was, it was near the goal line. So um, definitely a much lower pressure situation. But all I could think about was Haskins and the Wildcat against Ohio State. And if he sees that hole, and it was literally he made the right cut today to score a touchdown. And if he did that against Ohio State, like, who knows? Like, I, I, the momentum of, like, where that game was going, like, the game was over after that uh, in Ann Arbor last year in 19. So, like, when Haskins yeah. on that play. I don't know if you guys – Matt, you, you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know especially uh, towards the end of the year that – that Haskins started to get a lot of wildcat carries in the, mm-hmm. in, the, in the goal line situation. And there's a, I mean, I, I, I get it. I, I like it. Wow. Sorry. My TV just, um, I like it, but he's showing that he makes the wrong read for the hole. Sometimes mm-hmm. I would, I would really like Charbonnet to, to get some of those carries. I mean, Charbonnet uh, has always seemed to, he's going to hit that right hole and he's going to explode. I don't know if there's what happened. We didn't see him after that long touchdown run. Did he get injured? Um, Yeah, it was just kind of weird, right? The flow of the running backs. And I don't want to, it's not me to question Gaddis or, or Jay right now, because I think collectively, I think this is the best running back core since 97. Like we've had Mike, Obviously, with Hart and Chris Perry, like individually, we've had some dogs at running backs, like in Higdon. But we have four guys who are. I mean, I can't. I can't remember a court being this strong, which is why I don't think Michigan State has a chance. Like, it will be over by halftime if the offensive line and those running backs come to play. I still think we're going to be. Actually, I think the game plan is going to be simplified next week, uh, even even more so than what it was today. Just because we'll be saving some things for I for IU and Wisconsin, um, because I think that we can rely on the trenches. Honestly, offensive line and defensive lines were better than Michigan State, um, and it was really good to see that. Like, I mean, our rushing today, 
I don't know. I mean, and I would leave it. I would defer to you on that. Um, I mean, can can you? I mean, Corum was still nice as well, man. He was very good today. Yeah. So, like, I'm not totally sure what happened with Charbonnet because he had that one run, and he do just. It's almost like he got shot out of a cannon and dude was gone. Uh, but we did see a lot of we did see a lot of big plays today. If you if if you really think about it, maybe not all of them were scoring, but we saw some big plays. I mean you had Haskins hit the wrong go the wrong way and still go for sixty five. You had Ronnie Bell trip over himself. You had Eric All. Basically the ball is a baby in his hands, and he dropped a touchdown. Um, you know there were there were a lot there were a lot of big plays today, and I don't think we're gonna have a feature back yet. And I'm not sure how I feel about that. Uh, I'm gonna have to do some research um, because some of these better schools do have that feature back. You know, Ohio State. Master Teague, like, dude is nice. Like, <laughs> Alabama, <laughs> Najee Harris. Yeah, Najee Harris, you know. Um, you know, all these legit, you know, premier schools, they, they have that one back who they just consistently feed. Um, I think Harbaugh is just in a place right now where he just feels that the running back room is too close in talent to give that one person all the carries. And that's why he's, you know, spreading it out. And some of these guys aren't just running the ball. You know, they, you know, they're out in space, a little dink and dunk. Hey, get some uh, yards after catch. So. Oh, yeah. I see it coming, too. I don't know if y'all paid attention, but there was, you had Charbonnet and Chris Evans in the backfield at the same time. You motion Chris Evans out, fake the screen, you hand it to Charbonnet. I mean, it's so yes. much that you can do off of that that formation that they did the show, they just put mm-hmm. it on camera for other people to look mm-hmm. at. Speed and yeah. space is so here, smart. Darnell. No question, man. It is, it so is absolutely smart. here. And Charles Jax is going to be sick. <sighs> yes, Lord. he's he's going to be the he's going to be the receiver that I can see, um, really meshing with Milton and getting some of those bombs because he's going to be the receiver. If you get him in man to man coverage. And he burns you. Like all Milton has to do is throw that thing in the air, and Giles will run it down. And that's a. Hey, you know he's gonna do it because I mean I don't know if you guys paid. I mean I know we keep harping on Milton, but I was looking at some of his throws out to the outside. He was leading his receivers, leading his backs, um, which all goes on touch and accuracy. So, uh, like I said, I was very impressed. Um, look forward to it. Yeah. Uh, you know, him getting better, of course he can get better. Um, but overall, on the Michigan State, like like we've been talking about, uh, Indiana, I don't think Penn State is going to be as much of a problem as I think Wisconsin will be. And then, of course, you know, we got the big one at the end uh, that hopefully, you know, we just score more points than they can. Yeah, and, 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 and exactly you said on the, on the leading – I mean, we haven't seen a quarterback truly lead wide receivers in a long time. Um, we didn't get to see a ton today. I mean, he only threw 22 passes, but at the same time, he was hitting guys, and guys were still able to run with the ball. I mean, all dropped one. I mean, he was still running. Um, you got Ronnie Bell. He got some yards after catch. 
and then but at the same time he sat receivers down in in his own coverage a couple times where you're not supposed to lead a receiver you're supposed to you're supposed to put him in the back shoulder and sit him down so he doesn't get hit hard and he gets that catch so i saw that as well which was really promising that skinny post route i think was the one um um i think best example of that is where if you lead a receiver that's an incomplete pass or an interception because it's going right to the other safety. But if you sit him down in that zone and you throw it to that back shoulder, that's a catch and you save your receiver from getting absolutely destroyed. Man, I agree, Matt. It was it was good to see. I love the game plan. And to be honest with you, Gaddis hasn't missed on a game plan since the second half of the Penn State game from last year. Um, he, he's been super locked in. Uh, I think the and I mean I can't wait to see Giles Jackson on a, on some wheel routes coming up. I, I thought about the IU game last year. That was when I was like, oh, I didn't even know we can line him up out of the backfield, and then we're, we're doing this with him. And then he kept getting more. And then the Ohio State game when he scored that first touchdown, I'm like, man, he's he's gonna be nice, man. We just ball security though, got to clean that up. We really do. Can't can't. The fumbles, we got we gotta clean that up for what this what this September could be. This September you get on you get out of the September unscathed. You know, you can let's, do some things. I I agree with the fumbles, but I don't think we'll we will see a team the rest of the season that will kick off to us like we got kicked off today to. Just because they didn't have a kicker, I think you're gonna see a lot more deep kicks. Uh, I don't see. I don't see like a, a, a the ball being kicked to the forty five yard line. You know what I'm saying? Like sure. I, I think. That, <laughs> I think. But I'm seeing. But I'm seeing Chris Evans. I got you. I got you, Darnell. But think Chris Evans though. He's still he dropping the ball again. And yeah, uh, that was his problem. Yep. Before he got suspended, is his fumble problem. He would have been one of the featured backs, except for that problem. Um, and we can we saw what he could do against Florida State, but if you fumble the ball, you're not going to play, especially with the running back depth we have. If you fumble the ball, like we have three other guys that can step up to the spot and, and take care of the ball and do just the job, just the same job that he can do. So um, ball security is going to be the biggest thing of who gets the most carries. Yeah, you guys are you're you're talking about carries, and I'm curious what you guys think about this. I've talked about this a lot with uh, some of my friends. I know a lot of you guys on this thread and in this chat have you know grown up with Michigan football through the you know the the good old days of Bianca Batuka and Chris Perry, and then Mike Hart, and having like a bell cow back who's going to get thirty, forty, fifty three carries like. Chris Perry did against Michigan state back in the day. What do you guys think? I mean, you're kind of talking about it right now. I kind of lean the more lean more on the side of, I kind of wish if you saw Charbonnet was kind of rolling, kind of give him 15 to 18, 20 carries, let him go. Or, you know, if all of a sudden Haskins is starting to go, you know, kind of make him the feature back for the game. I kind of like, where do you guys stand on like this rotation of backs? It's cool. It's it's great to have four running backs that are legitimate and, you know, can make plays here and there. But sometimes it's kind of like, man, Charbonnet comes out and busts off an 80-yard run, and then we kind of don't see him for three or four drives. 
You know, like, I, I don't know, where do you guys kind of stand? I think they did a really great job with that exact point last year. I mean, we had Charbonnet. I think he had two or 300-yard uh, rushing games. And then you also had Haskins, who had two 100-yard rushing games. Um, so I think last year they did a really good job. It's like, all right, this guy is starting to get hot. We're going we're gonna to use him this game. Um, this year, I think one of the things is COVID didn't have as much time in the off season. Um, it's also the first game of the year. Um, they're just kind of just letting the, all the running backs get a couple carries, um, get a couple drives, um, of game time. And it looked like, like they were going to go, they had a game plan going in is this running back's going to get this drive. This running back's going to get this drive. This running back's going to get this drive for the most part. Um, and they kind of ro- rotate it on the drives just to let like each running back kind of get their own drive in that scenario. scenario. So um, I, 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 it worked this week. We averaged, I, last time I checked, we were at like 9.5 yards per carry, which is absolutely ridiculous. So yeah, but I it, mean, it part of that, there. part of that was the, the 80 yard touchdown run for Charbonnet. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that does help. If but, you watch the, if you watch the rest of the game, they didn't necessarily average nine yards a carry. I'm not taking a, I'm not like taking a shot. Yeah, they, yeah. they dominated on the ground. But, you know, like, I, I don't know, sometimes it, it really bothers me. I'm I'm cool with having a loaded running back room. I love it. But maybe it's just because of the, the era of Michigan football that I grew up with. I love seeing Anthony Thomas getting 30 carries a game and just dominate. I love seeing Mike Hart just carry the ball over Jake Long at left tackle 25 yeah. times a game and just dominate. And, you know, like, I like Charbonnet a lot, and I feel like he's the type of dude that you could give the ball to 20 times a game and he will just grind away for a whole game. And, you know, like he gets one carry and then he doesn't basically touch the ball the rest of the game. I don't know. It's, I don't know. Obviously at, it, was, it was a great win, but it bothers me sometimes. Look at, I, I, I just want everybody to caution when y'all talk about running backs getting a lot of carries. You can't really look at the, um, you can't really look at the running backs for Alabama this year because Najee Harris is just a dog. But go back and look at when Mike Loxley and Gaddis was at Alabama. Like, they always implored two and three running backs to run the ball. Like, even back when they had Mark Ingram and Derrick Henry. Like, <laughs> they have running backs that they throw at you all of the time. Yeah, but Mark, Mark Ingram and Derrick Henry were winning Heisman trophies, so they were definitely the feature backs. I always wonder, you know, when it comes into it, if this stuff actually like affects recruiting, because you talk about Najee Harris and, you know, he was a heavy lean, he was a heavy lean to Michigan. And I wonder if guys like go to these dudes, like you, you talk about Donovan Edwards, possibly coming to Michigan. I think Donovan Edwards is going to go to Bama because of this point, because it, they will tell guys like, yo, you can go to Bama, go to LSU. You might have to wait a year or two, but once you get to that point where you are the guy, like Najee Harris is now at Bama, you are the guy. Whereas when you go to Michigan right now, the way it looks, you're going to be one of three or four guys. You might have one game where you're getting eight carries, but then you might have one game where you're Charbonnet and you bust off a 60-yard touchdown run, and then you get one carry the rest of the game. Like right, I, think this stuff, I think this stuff might actually affect recruiting a little bit. Well, but Najee Harris been there how many years? Like he, he is the guy now. So there is no guy that I think has popped up. I know Charbonnet is the sexy pick, but I also think that you – is the way I would sell it to a recruit 
it's less wear and tear on your body, right? You're not taking 30 to 40 hits every single game. You might take 15 hits, but we don't make it your touches. How many how many Michigan running backs have made it in the NFL the last handful of years? Not a I mean, lot. Not a lot. Mike Hart, Mike Hart didn't really make it in the NFL. No, how how long ago was Mike Hart? Mike Hart was was fifteen oh, years sick. ago. <laughs> I remember, like, the thing I'm, was that, that that was that was Michigan's true last featured back. Though. Right, I, and that's you what know? I mean. I'm not. I'm and, not. But they haven't like, had one drafted. They haven't had one drafted in years, which is nuts to me. It's crazy. And, and pe- people are now questioning whether how how long Jonathan Taylor can really be in the league because of how much he ran at Wisconsin. Although that is the exact extreme of Michigan. I mean, that's even worse than like the Alabama feature, the Ohio State feature. But like, I the, people are wondering he might only last three years in the league right. is because he's already had that tread on the tires. He's already he's already taken all those hits. I think um, I I think this will be a legit topic after the Wisconsin game. If we give it a few more games uh, to see if there's a there's a trend for this year, uh, I say that because of the situation and everything that's you know going on. You know, you're going to go to a new place. This is your first time really traveling. This is the first game. Not a lot of you know. Not a lot of work's been put in. Not a lot of practice. Um, and just getting multiple guys in there. Um, if, you know, some of you guys don't you know, know uh, I played under Beeline at Michigan, and one of the things that he did, uh, whenever we went to these, like, whenever we went to the Big Ten tournament, it's, you know, if you win, you play the next day. And it's like a four or five days in a row. What he did in that first game every single time was he would play, like, ten guys in the in the first half just to keep guys fresh just just to get multiple guys touches it wasn't about scoring it was about winning but also getting guys you know you know throwing them in the fire getting them going keeping the engine moving it's like hey let's just get through this one and then we'll get to the next game um i think there was a little bit of that so we're not really going to know what they're going to do with the running backs for another few games. And when the game is tight, when the game is tight, we're going to know. Um, you know, Beeline did some real weird lineups because he knew that they'll win no matter what. But when the game was on the line, we knew who, who he was putting in the game. And I think this is going to be very, very similar against Indiana. One score game, fourth quarter. Pay attention. Who's in the backfield more than not? Pay attention. That is your that is your back. And if it can get to the point where, you know, you're not being overused in games that you're not really needed, but then, hey, it's time to eat. Then it's time to eat. Hey, I'll feed you a little bit here in these games, but, but. When I really need you, like against Wisconsin, Ohio State, Penn State, I'm going to feed you against Rutgers, against Michigan State. Hey, we're going to go about this by committee. It could be something like that. But we're not going to know for the next few games, and we're going to see it for sure because we have Michigan State 
probably by committee again. Indiana, we'll see how the game is going. But Wisconsin, I think that's going to be a game where it's going to be um, – it's, it's probably going to be a higher-scoring game than what we're used to with the Michigan-Wisconsin matchup. And that could be a situation where, you know, you have more of a feature back or where you're going, you know, a one-two punch. And maybe you're not sharing the ball as much with, what, nine receivers as you saw today. Um, I just don't think the the sample size is not very big right now. And it could be something that's you know, carrying on from the previous year. But we'll see. You know, Gattis is second year. Um, he's more – he probably has more of a, a, a relationship with Har, with Harbaugh to be able to share some things that maybe he wouldn't have sh- shared last year because they really didn't have that relationship or connection. Um, but, yeah, uh, we've been in here for about an hour. Any last thoughts? Before- I, I hate that Matt got out, but I'll leave this as my last thought. That he's talking about Donovan Edwards, uh, Alabama, I don't know if you guys paid attention, but the, when Nick Saban said today about Waddle was pretty messed up, like to say, you know, yeah, he got hurt, but, you know, usually we don't bring the ball out that deep. You know, I think that that's going to play in recruiting, like in, in parents' homes when they hear He that. was mad at him. He was real mad at him. Oh, I know he, he was, was mad. mad. But and he, he was mad at him. He was – I think he was more – he was – he wasn't he was so mad that he lost them. He's just like, this is why we lost them, and I'm mad because we lost them. I don't think he was really mad at Waddle in the way that that came came across. I think it was he was just frustrated with the whole point of not having probably the most electric wide receiver in the country. Yeah, and, and I think you were I'm just looking at how the media is already starting to kind of play on it. Um, and I get what he was oh, saying, sure, you know, sure. um, it's a, it's, it's a nasty soundbite, but, uh, thanks for having this. I can't wait till next week. We'll be celebrating and probably in here riling up from uh, a little bit earlier. Cause we play at 12 it's rivalry week. So I can now put up my, I hate MSU stuff. Uh, and, uh, the, the, the fire mail Tucker has already started over on all of the MSU blogs. So Which is sad. Fun. That's sad. It is, it is sad. sad. You yeah. had no time. No time was zero time. You he had I, I, I don't know exact numbers, but like I would say he had about six six, seven weeks to actually total do this. From February from beginning of February to now, total. Like seven like yeah, like dude, man, that's so I I think I think that they'll they'll get I think they'll beat Maryland. Um, they'll give a good fight against Northwestern. Um, and Indiana, you you never know. I mean, like they're the most. I feel like Indiana is one of the most inconsistent teams in the Big Ten. They could compete against the big dogs, but also just lose some of the worst games. So. I mean, they they have three games they can possibly get a win, and I think they'll be able to do it. Um, and so we'll see. It's going to be interesting, real interesting. Mike, what's up, man? 
Mike there? All right. I think we lost Mike. Um, yo, thank you uh, to everybody who who came in. Uh, hour, seven minutes now. A little bit longer than I wanted. Um, usually I want to make post games like 20, 25 minutes, but I'm glad that people you know came in and, and joined in and, you know, uh, you know, uh, talked. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to do this uh, for every game and every football game. Then when basketball season starts, uh, I'm gonna have something like this for pregame as well, where I'm gonna talk with people. And by that time, this this should be on the app store. But I'm gonna talk basketball, um, Big Ten hoops. If, if there's a big non-conference game, I'll talk that as well too. Uh, just things to look out for. Um, uh, predictions, uh, who will win and why, and if a team will not win, kind of why as well. But uh, I do want to thank you guys for jumping in. It's one thirty in the in the, the morning, and you guys are are uh, still here chilling with me. Uh, I do appreciate that. Uh, probably going to make some ramen noodles right now. Um, thank you guys so much for coming in. It's going to be an interesting week with the national media and. Uh, interesting to see what the spread is going to be for next Saturday between Michigan and Michigan State. Um, I'm real interested. If I were to guess, I would say like, man, I would say like, like, I would say like 20. It'll open at like 20 and a half or 21 and a half or something like that. Uh, I think that would be something that's reasonable. Um, but you know, Michigan showed well. Michigan State got kind of hit by a very, um, a very what do you want to say, uh, a Rutgers team who was very motivated. I think that was what I was trying to hit. Um, very motivated, and I think they got they got some punches, and they didn't really respond the way that I thought that they would. And um, I think they're coming out ready to play next week, and. I think they do have some identity uh, issues to work out, but you know they are Division One players, and they'll they'll kind of figure it out. And uh, whether that's knowing how to punch back or taking care of the ball, uh, I think that's going to be the main focus. Like, hey, we're we're going to do the same things except look, just just you know, take care of the rock. Um, more attention to detail with ball security, because if they take care of the ball, they win the game. You know, it is a two-score game, and you have that many turnovers. Like, the game was literally given away. So, that's going to be interesting to get a Michigan State team uh, against Michigan if they if they take care of the ball or if they turn it over less than like twice, uh, and then see if Michigan can duplicate. Uh, this Saturday to next Saturday and taking care of the rock. But we'll see. Either way, thank you guys for listening in. We'll talk soon.